All right, guys, um, listen, I missed you. Vacation was good. Uh, it was short, but it was good. Um, and I just want to thank Pastor John, did an awesome job uh, jumping in last week and continuing our summer series, uh, The Greatest Summer Ever. We were talking about what Jesus has to say about greatness in the kingdom of God. And so uh, last week, Pastor John talked to you about the context of the Great Commission. And this morning, I just want to build upon that. So uh, two things, if you have a Bible, I'm going to be in Matthew chapter 9. Uh, Matthew chapter 9, we're going to start around verse 35, uh, just read through 38 or so. Um, so if you've got your Bible, Matthew 9. Also, we would love it if you would take notes. So um, we believe that worship is a participatory sport. So when we sing, we sing. When we pray, we pray. When we give, we give. Uh, and when we study God's Word, we actually study it. So um, we like to see uh, pens out. We want to see uh, your bulletin out. There's fill-in-the-blank notes you can use. Uh, you can also use our digital notes. Uh, if you're using your, your phone for a Bible, these are great. Um, because uh, the digital notes has, have a link. You can just click on all the scripture. Uh, you can save the note, email it to yourself. It's awesome. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to pray uh, for our time in God's word. I'm going to ask God to grant us wisdom to understand it, and then we're going to jump in together. So, Father, again, I want to thank you for the opportunity to gather here in your name. Uh, God, we realize that your word is a gift unto us. Uh, the Bible is you, God of the universe, choosing willfully to reveal yourself to mankind. And we just want to say thanks for that, right? Uh, we, we, we would have been wandering around believing that somebody had to be in charge, but never knowing him personally. And so God, you've chosen to reveal yourself through your word, and of course, in the person of your son, Jesus. And we just want to thank you for that. Holy Spirit, we want to recognize your role in our church and in our lives. You're our teacher and our guide, and you are the teacher of this church. And so every week, we want to step back and ask you to fill our pulpit and then also fill our hearts and our minds. Help us understand the Word of God. Teach us from the inside out. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, guys, I'm, I'm, in, I'm in Matthew. I'm sorry, I'm in Matthew chapter 9. Uh, starting in verse 35, I'm going to read through 38. And here's what the Word of God says. It says, Jesus continued going around to all the towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and every sickness. When he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dejected like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. And there's three things I want to share with you uh, this morning. And here's the first, guys. I want you to know that we are surrounded by hurting people. But we rarely see them, all right? We are surrounded by hurting people, but the truth is, kind of like the disciples, we rarely see them, right? And so I, I just want to spend some time breaking down verse 36. I, I, in fact, I've got two separate slides for it. One will highlight the first half, the second will highlight the second half. But let's look at the first half of this verse together. It's on the screen. It says, when he saw the crowds, that's he, Jesus. So Jesus sees the crowds. The disciples do too, but in a different way. It says, when he saw the crowds, he felt compassion for them. And, and so I, I just want to say this, that Jesus sees things differently than we do. Amen? Right? He sees things differently. And so Jesus sees the crowds, and, and he sees them. He really sees them. Right? So, so the disciples see them too. Like, we got to give them, like, we got to be honest. It's not that they don't see the crowds. They just see them differently. When you study the New Testament, you kind of see the disciples on a regular basis um, playing the role of crowd control. 
Oh, whoa, 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 you guys are getting too close to Jesus. Oh, no, 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 you little children, you, you stay back. And Jesus is usually getting on to them, by the way. Like, no, dude, that's not why I'm here. Stop it, okay? But they felt this need to protect Jesus and, and, and keep certain people away from Jesus. They're, they're, they see the crowds, but to them, the crowds are all about numbers and nuisance. But Jesus sees the crowds, and he sees something deeper. He sees need, Right? He sees need. And so it says that he looks at them and he has great compassion. The, the word in the Greek means that he is moved. Uh, and I won't share the, the actual word. Let's just say from the depths of who he was. In the Greek, the deepest part of your belly uh, is, what, is where the seat of love and compassion was. And so it says that Jesus, when he saw the crowds, he, he wasn't worried about just the numbers. He didn't see them as a nuisance. When Jesus looked at the crowds, he saw, he was moved in the very depths of who he was for love and pity for what they were going through. All right? So, so, so listen, man, we're surrounded. Okay, we rarely see them. Now let's look at the, the, the second half of this. Why was Jesus moved so, so deeply? It says, because they were distressed and they were dejected like sheep without a shepherd. And that word distressed, it means that they were exhausted. When he saw them, he saw that they were tired. When he saw them, he saw that they were weary. That word also means faint-hearted, which I hate. Because in my book, the way I would describe being faint-hearted means that you are just about to lose hope. I know some of you may be there this morning. You feel like you are just hanging on by a thread and you almost, maybe that's why you're here because you just, just hardly have anything left. And I just want you to know that the world may not see you and your neighbor may not see you and the person that greeted you at the door may not see you, but Jesus sees you. He knows, okay? Somebody sees you. You are seen. You are known. She says they were, they were distressed but he also says they were dejected. It means to be scattered. It means literally to be thrown down to the ground. Anyone here had life do that to them lately? Just knocked you off your horse, right? Some of us have been there. Maybe it's finances. Maybe it's a job. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's the result of a sin, action, you know? I, I, I don't know, but, but man, life just got hard and it got hard quick. And you just, you, just, you just feel like you've just hit the floor. You've hit the ground. And I just want you to know, again, again, maybe nobody else sees it, but Jesus does. He saw, he was moved in the depths of who he was with compassion because they were distressed and they were dejected. It says they were like sheep without a shepherd. And of course, he is the good shepherd, right? He is the good shepherd. And so I just want to start, guys, that we are surrounded by hurting people. We're surrounded by hurting people. We don't see him. Jesus does. We should, by the way. He tells us to. He commissions us to. So we've got to work on that. But we're surrounded by hurting people. Second thing I want you to know is that this is a great opportunity. Being surrounded by hurting people presents us with a great opportunity to share the gospel and to minister to others. Presents a great opportunity to share the gospel and minister to others. So, so we know what Jesus saw, right? Uh, Jesus saw hurt, okay? That's, he, he saw the need. 
Uh, the disciples, they saw the numbers and the nuisance, but Jesus always saw the need. So we know what he saw. We know how he felt. Uh, he was moved in the depths of who he was with compassion, with love, with pity. Uh, and then we know, based on those two things, what he taught. See, Jesus is the great teacher. He never misses a moment to teach deep truths. And so knowing, seeing the need, feeling compassion, what does Jesus then say? It's in the next verse, verse 37. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. The harvest is abundant. The word abundant means large or great. That's what we're talking about this summer, right? What it means to be great, greatness in the kingdom of God. If you're going to talk about greatness in the kingdom of God, you better focus on the fact that Jesus says there is a great harvest among us. There's a great harvest surrounding us, right? And that's exactly why Jesus has come. He sees the need. These people, they need help. Ultimately, they need him. Do you know that the people around you don't, I mean, yes, you can help some, but you know ultimately what their greatest need is, right? When your neighbor is struggling to pay a bill, uh, yeah, we can step in and do that. When their marriage is really struggling, yeah, we can offer them a book or a class, but ultimately... You guys know what they really need, right? They need him. And this is why Jesus came. <laughs> Do you remember how Jesus begins his public ministry? So he starts it in the desert. He's tempted by Satan himself for 40 days. He comes out of the desert about to begin his public ministry. He's calling some disciples and stuff. And so he goes into the synagogue. And the scripture says, as is his tradition of doing, he goes into Nazareth. He goes into the synagogue. And he opens up the scroll of Isaiah. And here's what he reads, okay? It's on the screen. It says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. This is from the book of Isaiah. He's talking about himself. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set free the oppressed, and to, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. I love how Eugene Patterson translates uh, that last part in, in the message. It says this, it says, to set the burdened and the battered free. The burden and the battered. When Jesus looked around at people, the people that surround us, he saw that they were beaten down, that life had thrown them down, and he cared deeply about that. All right? And if he cared deeply about that, we should too. We should too. Remember, Jesus is here for it, he's here for your brokenness. You might need to hear that this morning. You may think, no, 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 no. God doesn't want my brokenness. God wants my perfection. Maybe that's the house you grew up in, right? Nope, nope. You got you to gotta wear your Sunday best. You, 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 gotta, you, you can't smoke too much, drink too much. Uh, you, you, you can't cuss too much, right? And you, you, you just, your whole life has been about, well, I got to be a little better than I am bad. And you're trying to do this seesaw thing. And, and listen, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I know that you guys like to get dressed up on Sunday. You might notice we're a little low church here. Uh, but, but listen, Jesus doesn't care about any of that because he sees who you really are. And I want you to know that the Lord of heaven and earth is here for your brokenness. He is here for your struggle. He is here for your mess. He is here for the stuff that you try to smooth over, that you want no one else to know that you're going through. Jesus is here for it. He's here for the broken you. He's here for the cast down you. His invitation is pretty simple. 
Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Jesus is here for it. He's here for you. So we just have one last thing we kind of need to see here in this text. It has great application to us, and it's this. So there's a great need, right? So we're surrounded by hurting people. This presents us with a great opportunity to share the gospel. By the way, if you ever hear us, uh, somebody up here say, share the gospel, you say, what is the gospel? Ready? I'm going to simplify it for you. Jesus. That's the gospel. The gospel is Jesus Christ. That's it. They needed Jesus. All right? So there's a great need. Okay? Great opportunity. Last thing is great sacrifice. Meeting great needs requires great sacrifice. I want you to know that. Meeting great needs requires great sacrifice. And of course, Christ is our example. Hello? Philippians 2 said that he stepped out of heaven, that he didn't consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he made himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant to the point of death. There's your example, right? Meeting great needs requires great sacrifice. You say, what does that have to do with me, though? Well, here, here we are in the passage, uh, verse 37, 38. Then he says to the disciples, the harvest is abundant, but the workers are few. He says, therefore, pray to the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into his harvest. This word is important. The word worker refers to a day laborer. I want you to write it down somewhere. Everybody. Because I'm coming back to it in a second. You're like, I wasn't taking notes. Get out your phone. Let's go. Really, write this phrase down. I am a day laborer in the kingdom of God. That is who you are. That is who I am. A day labor. This is, this is not a glamorous position. This is not glamorous work. This is work for hire. Okay? And I say this to you, church, because sometimes we get up in this place and we start looking for some glamorous positions. And you go, no, I don't. No, you do. Because the church always has needs and people always say, I'm here to serve. And then you say what the need is and they go, no, that's not my calling. I say, wait a second. Do you think there's some other different kind of work in the kingdom of God? Because he says worker. Jesus says day laborer. He, he, you don't get to pick what you do if you're a day laborer. Amen? Ever, anybody ever been a day laborer? It ain't fun. That's the kingdom, y'all. That's the work. This isn't pretty. And listen, and we're not above it. You and I are not above day laborer kingdom work. Do you know why? Because Jesus wasn't. And if the Lord of heaven and earth, if, if the one who created it all, it's all made through him, for him, by him, holds it all together, if he worked this way, then who are we to say, I'm sorry, that's not for me? You guys follow me? We are but workers in this kingdom. So what do we do with this message? We've got some application, and now I want to bring it home and, and talk about what it has to do with us, because we've got some cool things going on. But for those cool things to go on that we feel like the Lord's going to do, it is going to require great sacrifice. So, uh, application this week. Number one, look around. Look around. And here's my challenge. You're going to look around and you're going to see people. Are you going to see the numbers and the nuisance or are you going to see the needs? If all you see is the numbers and the nuisance and you need to pray, Lord, let me see people the way that you see people. Amen? Pray that prayer. God will wreck you. He will wreck you. Man, there's some people in your life that drive you nuts. 
And you start praying, God, I want to see people the way that you see people. And you're going to look at those people that drive you nuts and you're just going to start weeping. I'm so sorry. It's going to happen. God sees people a different way than you see people. So number one, look around. God, help me see people the way you see people. Number two, pray for workers. God says we are surrounded by a great harvest. You've got to do something. Pray. Can I ask you a question? How often do you pray for workers in the church? I'm going to answer it for you. Not enough. Right? I'll be honest. Most church members are not daily praying for more workers. Do you know when they pray? They pray when we ask for volunteers. They say, God, send someone else to fill that spot. That's the only time they pray for workers. Right? Pray. Jesus said there's a great harvest. Harvest is is not about, it's about people, y'all. People that we're trying to usher into the kingdom of God. And you are God's chosen method for delivering the gospel to lost and dying people. And we're like, nope, too busy. Nope, I, 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 I don't really feel called to that spot. Nope. Nope, I, I think I have a better plan, Lord. Whew, that's dangerous. So we've got to pray regularly. Can I ask you a question? How many of you would commit to praying all through the month of August every day for workers at this church? Okay. Are you really in? Okay, get out your phone right now. Set a reminder every day. Come on, I'll wait. It's cool, we got some time. No, this didn't raise my hand in church, look good, walk out, we're fine, nope. Right now, get out your phone, daily reminder, set it sometime that you'll actually pray, so if you go to bed early, don't set it at 10 o'clock at night, don't you do that. You know you're not a morning person, shouldn't be your 6 o'clock alarm, okay? But set a reminder, every day, the month of August, Lord, I'm praying, God send workers, God send workers, God send workers, alright? Okay? Third thing, you're not going to like this, but the disciples didn't either. Get to work. So this phrase by Jesus, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few, is only found in two places in the New Testament. It's found here in Matthew chapter 9, and it's also found in Luke chapter 10, verse 1 through 3. Okay? And guess what? In both places... As soon as Jesus drops the phrase, do you know what he says to his disciples? Go. As soon as he tells them to pray. So he's like, hey, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are food. You need to pray for workers. And then he goes, and guess what? You're some of them get going. I'm not lying. Luke 10, he sends out the 72. Here he sent out the disciples. It's a big, big deal. He says, get to work. Right? Get to to work. So let me tell you why all of this matters. Tell you if we're going to talk about being a great church, why all this matters. Uh, by the way, when, when we say look around, um, I want to go back to that for a second, because in a moment we're going to look around here on the screen. Uh, but most scholars think this is an object lesson. So either Jesus drops this knowledge while the crowd is all there, which some people like to think, or he drops it later as he's breaking down, and Jesus did this a lot, he would break down what just happened with his disciples as they're going somewhere else. Either way, they think either they're looking at the crowds and it's an object lesson, look at all these people, or they're walking through a field. And he says, the harvest is plentiful, the workers are few. 
Both would be understood. Okay? So object lesson for you guys. I want to show you a little map. Here it is on the screen. I don't know if you can see it very well. But you'll see there's a little red dot with a cross. That is us. That is the location that the Lord has provided us with. That is exactly where we are uh, in the city of Elgin. Uh, every single one of those boxes, which, by the way, I couldn't zoom out anymore. You wouldn't see where we are. We zoomed out just a little further. There'd be even more. But just what's on this screen, uh, those, those boxes represent uh, community subdivisions that are already finished, that are currently being built and almost finished, or that are in planning phases and about to go under construction. And if you add all those up, that's over 14,000 houses within about a half mile of our location. I did not say 14,000 people. I said 14,000 what? Houses. Each of those houses full of a family. If you haven't learned anything about us, you'll understand if you go to our website that our mission statement says that we are all about families being transformed by the gospel. Okay? Can I just say that, can y'all look at that? Can, can we, could we agree that the harvest is abundant. There is a great harvest around us, guys. That's why this message matters. That's why John's message last week about the Great Commission matters. Y'all, like, there is a divine opportunity going on around us, okay? And, and we've got some really cool things coming up. Uh, our grand opening weekend is in roughly, you know, two weeks from now. So August, August 12th and 13th. Uh, on the 13th, we'll be doing church here. It's going to be cool. Uh, but on the 12th, uh, it's going to be awesome. We, with the whole, whole like, parking lot, it's going to be transformed. So we've got part of it that's going to be cut off. We, we've got booths. We've got a little uh, trackless train for kids to ride. Uh, there's face painting. There's inflatables. There's water slides. There's food. I mean, all that stuff. And you may have guys seen this on Facebook. You're like, oh, that's great. I can't wait to go. I've got bad news for you. Um, you're the workers. You're the workers. Y'all. We have a thousand people show up and we're the ones that just want entertainment. We've missed the boat. We are the workers. That's what we're called to do. We're on mission, y'all. And the mission is the 14,000 people around us. That is the mission. And nothing matters. Now, now listen, I, I get it. Some of you are like, I have kids. I've got, yes. Listen, you have young kids, which, oh my gosh, is like 80% of our church, okay? I love it. I love it. Be fruitful and multiply. Keep it going. Um, husbands are like, amen, pastor, preach it. And, um, and so, I mean, and if you're not being fruitful, just practice. Uh, and uh, so, love you guys. Just those tithing envelopes on the door out. Um, and uh, so, listen. Listen, if you've got young kids, here's probably the best way to do it, um, is you probably take shifts. This is what we had to do forever. We have fall festival. Uh, you know, I, I, my wife takes a shift at the car, handing out candy uh, while I walk around with kids. Then we trade off. We go the other way. It's probably going to be very similar for you guys. Uh, guys, we have a great need. So there's like 15 booths. Uh, we need people on them. Um, that includes, you know, water slides, stuff like that. Our youth have already stepped up. Hello, youth. You guys are awesome. You don't even know you've completely stepped up. But our youth are going to help out. Um, they're like, What? Um, Aaron and I had this great, I, 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 guys, I love students. I have such a heart for, for students. I did student ministry for 10 years. 
And um, I used to do these, these youth kind of family mission trips. And when we would go to Mexico, uh, we'd do these things. We did face painting, but we also did balloon animals. And uh, I, can make, I can make some mean balloon animals, y'all. I can still make a, a flower. I can do a parakeet and a perch every once in a while. Where, you know, and uh, I don't know why I make my, the sound for the parakeet. It's pacaw, which is weird. Uh, I, don't, I don't think that's what a parakeet does. But every time I make one, I go, pacaw, pacaw. And like, the kid looks at me like, what is that? Um, so, you know, whatever. Uh, but... So, so they're, they're going to help out for sure in some areas. Uh, Aaron's actually talking to them about that uh, this afternoon. But guys, we need you to help out. Guys, the harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. And, and so listen, for, for this deal, uh, we need people. So there's a QR code. You can get out your phone. You can scan it. Uh, we also, some of you are like, I don't like all the QR code stuff. Cool. Uh, John, every greeter that has like a, has like a green thing has a, a, an actual list, physical list. You can write down your name, uh, email address, and sign up. We've got tons of slots available, and, and we need that to happen. But I, I want to talk about the real stuff now. You're like, that's not the real stuff. That is the real stuff. It's important. But I want to talk about what's going on in our church. And so, so we even have a greater need than the grand opening. You say, what? The grand opening is a huge need. I need all those spots filled. Okay? And don't wait any longer. We're two weeks out. Last minute church. I love you guys. We're all in the same boat. We're the last minute church. Okay? But today's the day to sign up and get this filled up. Okay? Are we good? All right. Yes? Jason, you're, you're just looking down at the floor like, nope. I'm, you're a worker, right? 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 Okay. There we go. There we go. All right. So we're going we're gonna to sign up. We're going to do these things. Okay? So that's huge. All right, but I want to tell you about an even greater need. Um, guys, one of the things we've seen, and, and we've seen even with summer months, is, guys, we've got Sundays where we're already... Um, so we added more chairs because we were at 70% capacity two weeks ago in the sanctuary. 70% capacity. Our, our, our preschool area was absolutely full. We had room for two more kids. It was two Sundays ago. Now, shouldn't be that way, but you want to know why it's that way? Because we're operating on a skeleton crew still in kids' ministry. You say, why? Well, because we have a lot of kids. Now, now listen, that's awesome. Can I tell you that every other pastor in the area has called me lately and said, what are y'all doing? How are y'all getting so many young families? I'm like, we're just loving them and trying to take care of their kids. Uh, but I have needs today. And so here's, maybe I'm being prideful. I think I can fill them all today. All right? Or a lot of them today. So I need, I need three more people to help with check-in. Okay. Right now, we, we got one person, Jana Murray, just walked in. She helped with check-in. It's pretty, you, it, people can handle it, right, Jana? Okay, right? Do not have to wipe any butts. You don't have to do any of that. You're standing, you're standing by a little screen, and, and you just help people put in basic information, and you smile. Can you smile? Can you tell somebody how to use an iPad? Jana can tell somebody how to use an iPad. By golly, I think you can do this, all right? So I need three people there, okay? I need at least one just to get by. Do you know why? Because your preschool director and your kids' director have been out in the hallways checking people in instead of being in with the kids. So we don't have enough people that want to do it. People say, oh, kids, I don't know. Boy, that sounds a lot like the disciples, doesn't it? No, Jesus is too important for kids. What? This is what the Lord's doing. You've got to get with it, right? So not only that, man. So, so that preschool department, two weeks ago, early service, we had one class that was wide open. Beautiful class. We had room for another 12 to 14 kids. We had no adults. We don't have any teachers yet for that class. We're running on a skeleton crew. Guess what? You don't even have to teach. We actually do teaching in large group. There is a large group teacher that is awesome. Do you know what you do? Then you take the kids into the room with another. You have somebody with you. You're never alone with the kids. And, and, and they have activities that you do. It's all done for you. You don't even have to prep. Can you love kids, learn their names, lead them through some activities? By golly, I think you can. For the betterment, for the harvest. Can we go back to the harvest picture for a second? 
Can we go back to the map? For that? Can you do it? For that? Right? So, so here, here's what I'm saying. I wrote it down. I've got this whole list. Right? So I need three people for check-in. First, uh, first service. I need at least four people in the first service. Uh, some of those, we, we're having the same issue in the elementary age, guys. Listen, none of this matters. We can have the best party ever, but if when people show up, they go to check in their kid and there's no room, what are we doing? Right? Are you guys following me? Now, how many of you, let's be honest, if we're being honest, the thought of working with little kids, you're like, I have little kids. I don't want to come to church and work with little kids. Be honest. Come on. Your kids are here. They're watching you, by the way. They're going to watch when you... None of you... You are the only truthful people in the building over here. The rest of you feel that way, but you're afraid your kids are going to see you raise your hand. I got you. I understand. It is not glamorous work. Henry Blackaby wrote a book a long time ago. A long time ago. I didn't become a Christian until, like, oh gosh. Ooh, when did I become a Christian? Like 98? I don't know. I've been, a, like, like it was, I was 1920. And I, I, I did this, this study called Experiencing God by Henry Blackaby. Anybody, any of you, like all lifer Christians, remember that study? Anybody did that study? Okay. So there's a principle in that book. And he says that our job is to look around, to see where God is working, and to do what? To join him. Can you look around for a second? You want to go walk across the hall and see how many kids are here? Where is God working in this church? It's not happening at other churches, right? He's working in the life of families. Families that need the gospel. Families that need a break. Families that need transformation. And by golly, we've got an opportunity to either join him or be like the disciples and say, nope, enough kids, we're done. And the moment that we do it, the moment that we stop obeying y'all, I'm afraid the Lord's hand's going to lift off this place. So here's what I'm asking you to do. Do the work. Be so excited to be somebody that gets to work for Jesus that you don't care if you're scrubbing toilets or if you're helping a kid color at a table. How hard is that? By the way, our services are an hour. They have large group teaching for like, I don't know, 20 minutes of that time. Like there's stuff, like an hour, 40 minutes helping a kid color, playing with some, I love Play-Doh. Don't eat it. I love it. So here's what I'm going to ask. I'm going to close this in prayer. I'm going to let you leave. Okay, we were supposed to do, uh, this was Give Big Sunday, we are supposed to do that, we're doing that next Sunday. Because here's what we're going to do. As you leave, I'm going to ask you to do two things. One, I'm going to ask you to stop by at the Welcome Center with your welcome cards. I'm going to ask you to fill out. Let's go back to that survey uh, with the QR code. Uh, so this is the grand opening weekend. I'm going to ask you to sign up for a spot. But I have a piece of paper that only I have. It's every spot in kids' men that we need filled up so that when people show up, we're ready to take their kids. I need them filled, okay? So I'm going to pray for us, and I'm going to ask you to say, God... Change my heart. Let me find something that I can do. We've got opportunities in both services. Okay? I'm not saying you're going to be a lifer in these areas. <laughs> I think God is going to put people in our church that just, man, I'm so passionate about it. I know you may not be for a season, but you might be shocked. Some people start working with kids, and they fall in love with them. How cool would it be if every kid that came to this church 
had at least five adults that knew their name, that could ask them how their week was, and could give them a high five. Man, that'd be a different place, wouldn't it? Do you guys pray with me? Lord, thanks for loving us. Thanks for opportunities to get in your word and hear hard things. God, I pray that you change our hearts, quite frankly. I pray for your spirit of conviction and change. Some of us have been serving in kidsmen for a while, and, and quite honestly, we've been like, oh, I just want out. I pray today that we heard, God, you're working here. Why would I want to oppose your work? I want to join your work. You are transforming families. We've got huge ministries about to launch. And all of it matters. We need workers. The harvest is plentiful. God, I'm asking for workers today. And I pray today you start filling these spots in Jesus' name. Amen.